Live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. of Boz Gags. What can I say? I don't I don't know what so far what can I say about the Mets season? It's been it's been an utter disaster. It's been an utter disappointment. Um, I'm thor- thoroughly disgusted. Um, you know, it's not like they're they're not trying, but it's just the results on the field are um you know, uh, not what us Mets fans expected. I don't know why we can't be like the Dodgers or the Yankees and just consistently win 100 games a year. Um, why we only have one good year out of 10. But so, you know, uh, what can I do? What can I say? I will act as the angel on your shoulder. You know, the new ownership took over not too long ago. You know, the back in the 2010s, the Dodgers were a lot kind of like the Mets. They were kind of this creaking ship, um, spent a lot of uh, money. It took time to kind of build them into the um, juggernaut that um, they are. So I'd say to you Mets fans, you know, baseball's baseball's fickle. Baseball's a tough sport. You know, you look at teams like the Astros, the Cardinals, the Mariners, all did well last year and are off to slower starts. So Still think there's time for the Mets to turn it around, and even if not, I think they still have an ownership that cares. So don't give up on the future. I have not given up on the future, and I'm teetering on giving up for this season. But uh, the good thing, the good thing is, uh, you know, just kind of uh, even if the season collapses, that'll give me more time to focus on on Seahawk uh, football. But so. We're a quarter of the way through the baseball season. What are your impressions so far from what you've seen or read? Yeah, well, the Rangers um, are off to a good start, and that's been fun to see. I can't remember. I might have picked them for a wild card here on our baseball um, preview. But um, but they're off to a fast start. I, I think the Astros are gaining steam. Um and are going to ultimately win the West. But I think the uh, Rangers are going to push for a um, a um, wild card. The AL East is dogfight. Um, 
And I'm surprised, sorry to our beloved friend of the podcast, Stu, the Cardinals. They don't look good. It'll be interesting to see if they can pull it to um, to um, gather or if the Pirates are for real. Yeah, I tend to think that the Pirates aren't for real and the, the Cardinals have a you know much deeper team. So I at some point at some point um, I expect to see the Cardinals uh, pull through um, at least you know get up over over five hundred in the in the Pirates to drop down. Um, but but we'll see. Uh, what about the Rays? Do you do you think they're for real? I mean, they're. I in, think they are. Yeah, it, I mean, it's. I feel bad for the AL East teams because that could be a division where, you know, you just have to play so many games against so many good teams. I think it's going to really be longevity and come down to who gets injured and who does not. Um, I still think the Yankees could go on a run, but I think the Rays are for real. And the Dodgers, for all the talk of it's finally the year, the the NL West, the Dodgers are starting to slip. Never count them out. Yeah, I wouldn't count out the Dodgers. I, um, You know, if I had to bet right now who's going to win the National League, I would bet on the Braves. Yeah. I think yeah. They, they, unfortunately, they have... They own the NL East. Um, I think they do. Mets, we we uh, rent out a little spot in the NL East from the Braves. Yeah, yeah, I know, which is hard because, you know, I still, I came of age in 2004 and 2005 when the Astros always seemed to play the Braves in the, um, in the um, NLDS, so I still harbor a grudge and loyalty to my father for his longtime hatred of the Braves. So I'm no Braves fan, but I am with you that, um, yeah, I think that they might win the World Series this year. I don't know if it's hatred for the Braves. It might be more jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. yeah. What did they win, like 20 division or 15 division titles on, in a row back in the 90s? Yes, 2000s, yes, it was... Yeah. Uh, it was painful. And then they, that's based, you know, us long-suffering Rangers and uh, Rockies fans, the Braves go through their little short four or five-year re-build re, um, and then are back to the top and look like they'll be dominant for the next five years. <laughs> poor uh, Rangers, poor Rockies. Well, and... Uh... Other sports sports news, um, the NFL draft uh, just occurred, and I think the I think the Seahawks the Seahawks nailed it. Uh, they they had the best they, they drafted the best cornerback um, and the best wide receiver. Uh, of course, we needed help in the middle to stop stop the run, but we also needed a third third wide receiver to take. Um, some um, pressure off of Lockett and Metcalf and JNB, uh, you know, it just, he's, he's just in, in, incredible. Um, they're going to play him in a slot. So Gino is going to have so many weapons at his disposal. And the beautiful thing with having, having a slot receiver like JNB is Gino is such a good reader of, of the defenses and such a quick decision maker 
that, um, you know, the outside has been, um, you know, he's been forced to go to the outside. He's going to the middle much more than rusted, but this is just going to open up the, the middle so much more to have a, a slot receiver as JNB, which is going to open up things for Metcalf and Lockett on the, uh, the outside. I, I would be surprised if the Seahawks don't have a top three offense in the NFC next year. Wow. Do you think the Seahawks win the West? Yes. Book wow. it. Book, Book it. it. As down on the Mets as I am, I'm, I'm that, that up on, on the Seahawks. Um, um, well, another dramatic New York sports team. Do you think the Jets make the playoffs next year? No. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, so uh, for our listeners that uh, may not have, for good reasons, may not have followed the Jets, um, the greatness of Aaron Rodgers has, uh, was traded from Green Bay uh, to the Jets. And I think that was a really good move on uh, Green Bay. Not only were they able to get a second-round pick this year, but they're getting a first-round pick next year. And Rodgers was... 39? I'm not sure if he's going to turn yep. 40 when the season started. And the last, I watched the last game uh, of the season when Green Bay was playing uh, Detroit. And we needed Detroit to beat Green Bay so the Seahawks could sneak in as the, the final wild card. And Aaron Rodgers did not look like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. So um, I think he's on the down part of his career. And, yeah. um, Plus, uh, you know, the Jets are in a division where they're going to play the Bills twice, yeah. uh, the Dolphins twice, Dolphins, and the Patriots yeah. twice. I think they finished last in that division. Wow. And, and I think it's going to be it's gonna be fun to see the train wreck that, that will occur as, oh my as gosh. the media and the fans just, just freak out because their expectations are so high. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think people forget, you know, for every Tom Brady that wins Super Bowls in his 40s, most times it's not a great idea to go into an NFL season with a 40-year-old start with a 40-year-old starting quarterback. Um, and like you said, the expectations are just so high to where I think if they get off to a slow start, lose their first few games, there's just going to be panic. Um, and I think the the um, locker room could get negative very quickly um so i'm with you i think it was brilliant by green bay um to cut him loose to get draft picks instead of waiting another year or two um and yeah i don't know what the jets aaron Rodgers, zach wilson will throw anything against the wall to see what sticks but it never sticks yeah i like aaron Rodgers. i was hoping he was going to retire you know for his sake um, you know, you always want to see an athlete of his ca- caliber because arguably he's one of the t- top 10 all-time quarterbacks. But you hate to see him, you know, in his final years declining skills going to a dysfunctional franchise. Um, so I don't know. I know he, he um, is thinking that this, this will turn out okay. Uh, maybe it will, but I'm highly doubtful. Well, any other GK parting NFL thoughts, teams that you think did well in the draft? 
makes like, a lot of scratching like your head. What, I like what Buffalo did in that, you know, they is another team that uh, could use like the Seahawks and another um, weapon in the middle. So they, the, the Bills drafted a, a, you know, a first round pick, a tight end. So I really like what the, the Bills did. Um, I also like what the Eagles did. The drafted arguably the, the best defensive player in, in Jalen Carter. Um, you know, he's this, you know, big, tough, run stuffing, also good pass rushing um, lineman. Uh, a lot of people thought, had him penciled in to the Seahawks. Um, so um, I like what the, the Eagles did, of course. And, um, you know, Kansas City, it's, they're, they're, always, they're always nailing the draft. So, you know, if you, you're looking at the power rankings, uh, I, uh, I would have to go with, you know, Kansas City still number one, Philadelphia oh. number two, and Buffalo, Buffalo number three. Wow, maybe well, looks like Bengals number four, and I don't know who I would put number five. Seahawks, maybe the Seahawks number five. Yes. this year. Yes. Eagles, Seahawks, NFC Championship. Yes, that would that would that would be something. Though I'm afraid though that the NFC Championship is going to be back in Philadelphia, which would, is going to be tough for any team. Yeah. How about on side note? Uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts, uh, he just graduated with his his master's degree. Um, you know, just in there were so many doubters because of his size, and he signed, yeah. he signed this huge huge contract, and he's just like he's just a kid that's got a lot lot going on. So oh yeah, I mean everyone was doubting the pick, even though he was a second round pick. But I mean Philadelphia is just like I said, yeah. they're, they're nailing the draft. I think they'll win a um, Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, and like another certain second round, as uh, Russell Wilson was a, a second round pick, right? He was the third. He was third. Oh, wow. Gino's second round. Gino's second round. Yep. Yes. So, uh, what about what about the uh, European uh, football? What are your, yeah. your thoughts? We're getting close to uh, is next week weekend. Is that this weekend is the last or two weekends two from weekends. now? Um, so it's looking like um, Manchester City will win the Premier League again. Um, yep, it'll be their fifth fifth win in six years. Um, they're just you know they have the. The money of a sovereign nation state behind them. They have probably one of the greatest soccer coaches of all time. Um, so they're just a machine, and they're probably going to win the um, Champions League, which is the best team in all of um, Europe. Um, they made it to the finals, and they're heavily favored to win. Um, and as far as the Premier League, it looks like the top four is going to be Manchester City, Arsenal, um, Manchester United and Newcastle United. Um, and if people are like Newcastle, like that seems rare. Um, last year they were bought by a company which was controlled by Saudi Arabia. Um, so they've had a lot of money poured into that club. So 
it's um, the United Arab Emirates owns Manchester City. Um, Saudi Arabia owns um, Newcastle, and um, Qatar is now looking to buy Manchester United. So, so what I, what I'm hearing is, if you're a fan of a, of a Premier League team, you really want your team to be bought by a rich uh, oil. Yes. Yep. Sheik tycoon. Yep, chic. <laughs> yes. Um, so interestingly, in Germany, in the Bundesliga, so Bayern Munich has won an incredible 10 German titles in a row. Um, kind of like, what was it, the UCLA um, back in the 1960s um, in men's basketball? Yeah, it was a 10 out of or something. Just an absolute loot machine. But... Um, they only have a one-point lead going into the last two games uh, over um, Dortmund. So you can see a new new German champion. And um, I don't know if you heard in in, um, Italy, um, now the the team um, um, Napoli, um, they are from Naples and they um, won their first championship in 30 years. The first time a team outside of um, Milan or Rome has won in like 40 years. Oh, um, that's cool. Diego Maradona uh, played for them back in the um, 80s and that was the last time that they won. That was the won. last time they won? Yep. Yes. And I would invite the, um, the um, listeners to go look up celebration videos because soccer is like a religion there. It's probably even bigger than Catholicism. Just everyone in the town loves soccer. They watch every game and the entire city shut down for three or four days and just partied when they won for the first time. <laughs> so here in the U.S., when, when a team wins, we, we flip over cars and, um, you know, destroy streetlights. So are there celebrations friendly or do they get a little rambunctious like they do in some american cities oh i think it's rambunctious it's probably like take the most rambunctious u.s city like take like when philadelphia won the um won the um super bowl and multiply that by four or five times (laughs) it's yeah if i was a resident of naples i would i would be leaving town until until uh, the celebration dies down but yep, so pretty much in European soccer, the rich rich keep winning. Tottenham has had a bit of a rough year. They're in seventh place, trying to eke into the third tier European um, uh, tournament next year. Um, so Harry Kane might be leaving the summer. There's going to be a new coach. So it's a rebuild time in North London. All right. Speaking of Harry Kane, uh, our first le- uh, question actually is from Harry Kane. I, I think he, he says, uh, Dear TK, big big fan of the show, about ready to have a break for the summer. So I'd be interested to hear any about any books that you've read recently, any books or, or movies that you can recommend during, during my um, sabbatical coming up here in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thank you, Mr. Kane. 
um, so as far as books, I think we can both talk on this one. Both We both finished The Idiot by Dostoyevsky. That was the first Dostoyevsky novel I read, and that was the second one that you had read, right? Correct. I read uh, Brothers Karamoff. Yep. yep. Um, and I thought The Idiot is excellent. Um, it is not a light read, but I think it's a really great character study, sort of Dostoyevsky asking how would society treat a person that is kind, that is Christ-like, that is generous? Um, and the answer is not very well, but, so the but main, there's a lot in between. The main character is Prince Mishkin. So Prince Mishkin is the one that you're referring to that is, is Christ-like. And Christ-like, there's so many examples in the book of characters that put upon him that um, maybe cause him harm, but um, he he completely 100%, you know, forgives them. Yes. Yep. He's very generous. He doesn't, um, he doesn't really do things with an ulterior motive. Um, and yet he still suffers greatly. Um, and I think one of the things that Dostoevsky has to be saying is, you know, I wonder, almost sort of a Buddhist, you know, life is suffering. And just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're exempt from that. Um, that's just life. Yeah. And it was, it's interesting uh, that, you know, um, Dostoevsky refers to him, the character, and all the, the people that um, meet Prince Mishkin, um, you know, call him an idiot. So Dostoevsky actually had ep epilepsy, and so his character, Prince Mishkin, had epilepsy. So um, sprinkled throughout the book are his episodes of, of ep epilepsy. Um, which you know, people at that time had re would refer to someone with the epileptic um, seizures as as an idiot. Uh, also, for I think from a reader perspective, you know, I was wondering, you know, why you know he seems so intelligent, uh -huh. um, but at the end, um, spoiler alert, you know, you might want to skip a little further at the end. I actually did think that he was an idiot because the the ending, I don't want to give too much away of the ending, but at the ending, you're just like screaming at him, Prince Michigan, you are an idiot. You are. Why are you, why are you doing this? Yes. Why, why are you completely betraying your own self-interest? And I guess that speaks to the, the, um, you know, the character being Christ-like you're betraying your own self-interest, ruining yourself in order to, you know, benefit someone else that's going to, you know, be mean or take you for granted. And I think it's a harsh lesson, but I think, um, you know, to survive, maybe on a utopia, someone like Prince Mishkin would flourish. But I think to survive in this world, 
you don't want to be a miser or you don't want to be so selfish, but you do sometimes need to have a little self-interest and sometimes just tell people off and say, get out of here. Um, There are so many times you wanted Michigan to stand up for himself, like when those kind of that group of young guys were trying to get money from him. Um, Right. And, um, you just wanted him to stand up for himself and he just wouldn't, would never do it. And that is very Christ-like, but I think you're right. You're like, no, just look after yourself a bit. Just leave these people behind. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent point there. There is a point where, where, you know, you were hoping that his humanness would, would come through and, you know, um, you know, despite, him being you know an altruistic person that you know he would actually stand up for himself like uh you know any any uh, rational human would but he didn't but he didn't it did not so i would say if you do take the it take on the idiot or probably any dostoevsky novel maybe try to read a lighter novel after um because just like much of Russian history itself, the ending it will not always be the um, happiest. No, no, no. <laughs> and are you reading Crime and Punishment now? No, it's on my list at the library. Um, so, no, actually right now I'm reading 1984. And I think most people know... Um, listeners to the podcast, it, 1984 is a is a classic. Um, someone left left that that book out, was giving it away, so the great price of free. Um, but of course, it's about totalitarianism. And George Orwell, the author, wrote it during the rise of the Iron Curtain, the Soviet Union, and it's just. Uh, you know, an example of what happens in a society when the government takes away all freedom and is trying to get an individual to think um, what the government wants wants them to think. It's it's I think it's uh, an important an important read for everyone. I of course I read it when I was young, but I'd like to go back and reread it. Um, there was a saying that Ronald Reagan had that. We're just one generation away from losing democracy. And it seems such a trite statement and over-exaggeration. But, you know, more and more I think about it, I think it, it's, um, it's true. We really need uh, to protect democracy. It's not something that's, that's a given. So, um, of course, yeah, like I you were it. saying, I, I should have looked for a light, light book, but the book was there. It is free. Yeah. Have you gotten to the last third yet? I'm right at the last third. The last third, yeah. yeah. The last third's. It's a little like, rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, but you're right, you know, it is an important um, lesson. And I think Orwell was definitely a visionary. Wish he wasn't, but. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. And then I think we both also read Clara and the Sun. Um, and that's a good. That's a shorter, maybe um, less dense read than Dostoevsky, but still has a lot of philosophical um, 
points and is a really interesting look at the near future. So, What was the premise for our, our listeners who haven't read it? What was the premise of that book? So it's set in the near future and it's set in a time where artificial friends are sold to children and artificial friends are essentially human-like robots um, and it's told from the perspective of one of these robots um, but you can see that they're really close to achieving almost human-like um, consciousness um, and I think it's a world very like our own where there's a lot of loneliness where where they're so people so people are turning to these machines for friends um, but Kazu Ishiguru does a great job of really exploring the world from this one limited perspective um, and really kind of looking at friendship, the relationship between humans and technology. Um, so it's a quieter read, but I would very much recommend it. Yeah. And I agree with you. Every, everything you, you said, um, you know, living in the world and it's, it's told from the perspective, the narrator is Clara the artificial friend. So it's, it's fascinating her, her perspective on, and, you know, seeing her, her consciousness and yes, how, she, yeah. how she sees, she sees the world. That was, that was a, that was a great book. That was a good recommendation. I appreciate your recommendation there. Oh yeah. So we have two listener questions today. Okay. The first one is from Frodo from the middle earth. And Frodo's asking, uh, what character in a movie, a book, TV show, would you like to be if you could, if you could be that uh, character? I think, yeah. Jay, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I always like one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up was, was The Sting. So huh. I thought the, the Paul Newman character. Uh, of the Sting. So the Sting is a movie where um, there's this uh, bad guy uh, played by Robert Shaw, who is in the movie Jaws. Um, he's he's a bad guy, a swindler, a crook, and so Robert Redford and um, Paul Newman get to together. I think I said Robert Redford, but Paul Newman is the character I'd like to be. So Paul Newman and and Robert Redford pull off this con on the con man and that was uh i've watched that the movie several times and i just think it would be fun to pull off pull off this big big con oh my gosh <laughs> well i think that 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 is an excellent choice um the one that came to mind for me was the greatness of captain jean-luc picard all right um because, I mean, how much fun would it be to be a captain in Starfleet? I mean, just to be exploring new worlds. Um, and you always know that any, if you ever encounter danger or any issues, the problem will be resolved within 42 uh, <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So you're, and especially because, you know, you're the captain, you know, well, the kind of the lower henchmen in your ship might die. Um, you'll always be safe. Um, and Captain Kirk, I don't know. I think um, Captain Kirk is a little more kind of the cowboy. He's a little more bronze than brain, you know, short, 
sort of shoot shoots first. Well, I like Captain Picard because he's more intellectual. Um, you know, he loves Earl Grey tea. He's not the strongest, but he's a great reader of, he has great emotional and um, great emotional and, uh, intelligence. So he's very good at negotiating his way through problems, but he's, but he also has a uh, toughness. He loves Shakespeare. Um, so I just think it would be a lot of fun. Explore the world. Know you're pretty safe because you're essential to the plot. So um, <laughs> you're not going to be written off and just so have some fun. Captain Kirk, he had he had Spock. So basically Spock could, you know, figure out any any of the, the logistic plans that he needed, you know, and then he had the, the good Dr. Bones. But did uh John Luke Picard, did he have someone like Spock that so could he had- help him na- navigate through through these tough uh intellectual uh, challenges yeah. that would come up? Speaking of Clara and the son, he had the greatness of uh, Data, um, who was sort of the, uh, he was essentially like Spock, but he was a um, android, um, but sort of the same idea. So he was more intelligent than humans, so he would always be able to think through problems. Um, and then he had Worf, who was a, um, he was a um, Klingon who served on the ship, and he was a little violent and had a, um, had a, um, you know, had a bit of a short fuse. So if there was ever some trouble, Worf would always have his back. Um, so pretty good crew. Yeah, pretty really good crew. But you know that there's not a chance in the world that uh, Kirk would have a Klingon in his vessel. So I think that's that's <laughs> yeah. the big difference that we're seeing here. Well, um, I think the thing is, I do not think um, Captain Kirk would. My guess is that Captain Kirk would have some views that would probably have him canceled <laughs> in twenty twenty in twenty twenty three. He was a that is a that is a good point. We have to look and see if if uh, because of his views on on um, Klingons, if he if he's been canceled. So Klingons, um, I know he had some. He was a uh, bit of a, a womanizer. So. Yeah. So if any of our listeners know, you know, drop us a line at candapix at gmail dot com and let us know if if you've heard of anything or if you want to cancel them. We we do not believe in canceling anyone, but if you want to cancel them and let us know about it, then that'd be cool. Okay, so Paul Newman and John Luke Picard. Um, our last question, and uh, this comes from Q. Funny enough, uh, Q wants to know what spirit conspiracy uh, theory. Would you actually like to start? And you want me to go? Sure. Okay. Um, so I, I actually had two. Um, oh. So one is the conspiracy theory I would, in honor of Prince Charles and his coronation. Oh. Uh, you know there was a movie called Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Well, I would. Oh, st- I think I. I would start a rumor that that. Uh, well, I called him Prince. I'm I'm so sorry. King Charles is it the third? The third, yep. Okay, so King Charles the third is actually a vampire fighter slash hunter. Oh. So not not that many people uh, know about it, but um, you know that's that's what he does in his spare time is, and that's what he does at uh, the castle is he has elaborate plans to. Um, to hunt vampires, and it, and it could be that his, uh, Prince Harry 
um, was was pro vampire, and that's why he moved moved to the U.S. I like it. <laughs> so my other conspiracy theory is that actually NASA has discovered a parallel universe. Oh. And, and so they have definitive proof, but they don't want to freak people out. And the, the cool thing on this parallel universe is that the Seahawks have, in that universe, the Seahawks have won the last 10 Super Bowls. <laughs> Starting so in 2013, when they won here in this universe. But in that universe, we actually, in that universe, they actually had Marshawn Lynch run the ball instead of Russell's. Wilson throwing that interception, won the second one in 2014, and went on to win eight more consecutive Super Bowls. So they're like after that. the Bayern Munich, exactly of, of the <laughs> of the NFL. Wow! So those are my wow. That I well, I would help you start both those conspiracies. Yeah, <laughs> I I have two also, and they might be a little controversial. <laughs> But I would start a conspiracy that it is very bad and toxic for your dog to bring them inside um, businesses. Um, and I would start this conspiracy because I, because I think that someone needs to stop these dog owners um, who feel like they can bring in their dogs just anywhere they please and i feel like the only way to do that is to tell them that you know their dogs are going to get sick if they go in certain um businesses and you might say well that's a bit harsh and i don't dislike dogs but it's just you see everywhere now people going into the dry cleaners people going into restaurants people doing a quick run into starbucks with their dogs and the dogs will be jumping up on the counter <laughs> yeah. And I think that 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 that's a, a little too far. Sorry, dog lovers. Um, but you know, there's some there's just some places that I don't think dogs should be. Um, maybe that's just being in um, Colorado. Um, the other conspiracy I would start is that oat milk is really really toxic, and you need to stop drinking oat milk immediately. <laughs> Because, because I, that's another trend I've seen um, is that oat milk is starting to dominate um, the um, grocery store aisles. And I am team good old fashioned whole milk. Um, sorry to the oat, to the oat milk fans, but I just don't think it really is milk. And I saw recently that. Your beloved Stumptown in Portland, Oregon, has made oat milk now the default option, and you have to ask to get oh. <laughs> oat milk. There's a, reason, there's a reason why the headquarters is moving out of Portland. Um, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on 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 both those conspiracies. Um, so let's let's be clear: oat milk is not milk. <laughs> The, the, the question is, is so it's a de decision, a little decision tree for those, those that are familiar with business process. And the decision tree is, did, did that product come from a cow? And if the answer is no, it's not milk. It's simple. <laughs> so call it oat stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... But, but, you know, you go and it's very popular now. Um, and I think people 
you know, if they want to drink oat milk, that's fine. But I'm like, you just call it oat stuff and, um, and make sure to still have whole. And I'm still going to enjoy my whole milk too, because, um, coffee, best creamer in coffee is, is, um, heavy cream. So maybe I should start a conspiracy too, that if you drink heavy cream and your coffee, it will add 20 years to your life. Yeah. If there's, if there's any, um, heavy cream companies out there, you know, we're looking for some sponsors. So, um, you know, feel free to reach us and we'll be glad. Or if you want to come on the show and talk about your product, we, we'd be super happy to do that. Um, yeah. So I think I, I'd like, I like both of those. Um, so we've, we've got some really good conspiracies. So, um, you know, in the next week or, or so, uh, I'm on it. I'll, I'll start those conspiracies. I don't know where, if there's like a secret website to start conspiracies, but. Reddit. Yeah. Reddit. Yep. These are uh, a lot of them make, start. You can make a YouTube. That's an idea. Maybe we'll make a YouTube channel to start these conspiracies. Well, um, TK, anything else you, uh, recommendations for our listeners for summer as we head getting closer and closer to summer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not very tuned in to the movies, so I don't know what the big blockbusters are. Um, but they don't, I don't know if they've been that good lately, but, no, um, if there's any, <laughs> if there's any basketball fans, you can send the Denver, uh, nuggets some love. Um, they won their first game in the Western conference finals. It'd be very fun for the city of Denver for, team to make their very first NBA finals. Um, I don't really like, care who wins the Stanley Cup at this point. I don't know if you do, but um, no. and oh yeah. And um, just if anyone is wondering, because the Cricket World Cup is in India, do not look for it this summer. It will be in October um, oh, of 2023. Okay. So. Okay. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out out on that okay with that there's nothing else else to say but uh you know um have a good summer and we'll talk to y'all soon in a world with millions of zombies and vampires there are only two superheroes in the world that can save us the great elizabethan era has come to its end and it's the dawn of a new age in britain that of king charles the third but the question of justice has concerned me greatly of late. And I say to any creature who may be listening, there can be no justice so long as laws are absolute. Even life itself is an exercise in exceptions. Can King Charles and Jean-Luc Picard save the world? I can see a rage burning. Tip the balance for the good of all mankind. I shall kill them all. It's time we had a nation of our own. This war ends tonight.
This summer, King C3 and JL save the world coming to a theater near you.